Coming to you live from the St. Louis branch of Master Closet Studios, it's the only podcast on the internet talking about TV episodes that happened way in the past. Okay, that's probably not true at all, but it's the Noobs and the Whovian once again without the Noobs or the Whovian. This is Jared here today bringing you some talk about classic Who and specifically the Fifth Doctor. So as people are gearing up to watch the Caves of Androzani this week, uh, I wanted to just bring you up to speed on the Fifth Doctor, especially because this is his final serial. This is his regeneration into the Sixth Doctor serial. So we uh, definitely want to give you a little background on what you missed over the past three years. And I think the best place to start for the Fifth Doctor is with the Companions, because the Companions are really important to the Fifth Doctor. But we'll get to that later. So, Adric, if you are a fan of Noobs in the Whovian, you've heard about Adric. I did a whole .5 episode on Adric because he came up as a classic connection, and uh, we, we discussed him uh, ad nauseum. So if you want to hear more about him, go back and find that episode and download it and listen to it. Uh, but I'll just give you the brief version. He's an alien boy genius slash math whiz from eSpace. He joins the fourth Doctor and transitions into the fifth Doctor, and he is one of the few companions that have died while traveling with the Doctor. He died trying to save first the Doctor and then uh, all of planet Earth because he was on a spaceship that was on a crash uh, collision course with Earth. So enough about Adric. Let's move on to Nyssa. Nyssa also joined the fourth Doctor towards the end of his time and transitioned on into the fifth Doctor. And Nyssa was an aristocrat of the alien world of Traken. And she was originally going to be a one-off character, but they liked her so much that they kept her on as a regular. And she really stayed till almost the end of the fifth Doctor. She was a stalwart through almost... Through Basically, she had three, three and a half years. She might have been on longer than the fifth doctor. And she left in story. Uh, she, when she left, she was she left to stay on a planet they'd, that they had come on with like a it was like a hospital front, but it wasn't really good hospital. They, they weren't doing a lot of good there. And so they uh, she stayed on to make it into a real hospital. And uh, so, you know, the aristocrats with their philanthropy. And again, this is a British show. So they've, uh, of course, the aristocrats going to do something for the public good. It's, she's going to leave and stop being uh, selfish. So anyway, um, so she stayed to turn it into a real hospital and help out the people of that world. Uh, so, uh, she was, she was kind of the glue that held the main group together. She was kind of in the middle, much similar disposition to the fifth doctor. And, uh, she, she really was necessary to balance out Adric and Tegan, who we'll get to now. Now, Tegan is the third of kind of the triad of Adric, Nyssa, and Tegan also coming in towards the end of the fourth doctor and continuing on into the fifth doctor. She was a British flight attendant off to her first day of work, but became a companion of the doctor because she saw an emergency and went into a police call box to call for help, but just discovered it was actually the TARDIS. Uh, so she joined in, you know, she accidentally wanders into the doctor's world and, and joins into the uh, travels from there. 
She could be stubborn and loud, but she was also direct, which uh, helped to sometimes... Uh, she was kind of maybe a foil to the fifth doctor in, in some ways, uh, not a direct opposite, but uh, being direct and decisive was kind of different from the indecisive fifth doctor. And she also inspired the closest thing that the fifth doctor had to a catchphrase, which was brave heart, Tegan. Uh, he often gave her encouragement. Remember, she's the only companion who was not an alien. Uh, especially for all of the Fifth Doctor's time. And so she was not used to other world situations. She often needed that encouragement, but she proved to be quite capable in sticky situations. Now, she left the Doctor for a time shortly after Adric's death. Uh, it was too much for her, and she wanted to go home. She returned to Earth, started her flight attendant job, got fired, and came back to the Doctor and left for good after an encounter with the Daleks. Uh, that was too near of a death experience for her, and she left uh, for good after that. So those were the three companions that made up the vast majority of the Fifth Doctor's time. Those three together, that time period was known as the crowded TARDIS because of having, I, I think, the most consistent large amount of companions. And uh, that can get tough to uh, write that you, you'll notice in some episodes if you watch The Fifth Doctor uh, that uh, they're... Some of the companions are sort of kind of written out. Uh, they, they just aren't really included. Something goes on that, that uh, takes their attention away for a while. And so they, uh, they, they found it tough to write for that and keep everyone involved. And so that's maybe one of the reasons we see fewer and fewer companions uh, throughout uh, Classic Who and New Who uh, there. But I think it was fun. I thought the dynamic that they had together, uh, th this was a, a a team that could bicker and quarrel and be upset at each other and and insult each other and, and be, uh, you know, but, but they also developed a really strong bond uh, that you definitely didn't see with the fourth Doctor, uh, a bond together and uh, uh, with the Doctor and with each other. And that's uh, definitely more like a new who concept, not, not necessarily what you saw unless the companions knew each other already uh, before traveling with the doctor. Not necessarily something you saw a lot of in classic who, but I loved uh, uh, really growing with this team because I didn't really love the companions uh, when they first came on Nissa and Adric and Tegan. I, I liked Nissa. Tegan was OK. Didn't really love Adric, uh, but I grew to like them together. All right, let's move on. Uh, we've got Turlow. He was kind of a short-lived companion towards the end of the Fifth Doctor's time. He was an alien that was on Earth disguised as a boarding school student. Uh, he was also kind of an aristocrat in the monarchy, in his home world, uh, but he became a, uh, there was war that was going on, and he became not, not exiled, really, but... Uh, a, uh, just it wasn't safe for him to be at home, and, and so he uh, he left uh, to go hide on Earth. Now he makes a deal with the Black Guardian to kill the Doctor in exchange for safe transportation home. So the Black Guardian was this uh, being that came in with the Fifth Doctor's time and the Fourth Doctor's time, and uh, conspiring against kind of like a master type character, but but not a Time Lord really, not 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 the master. Uh, so 
he made a deal with the Black Guardian. Black Guardian says he can arrange for him to be safely home. And so, but eventually, while traveling with the Doctor, he becomes loyal to the Doctor and becomes a real companion. Uh, so he's he's not trusted by the existing companions. Uh, that's Nyssa and Tegan at that time. Um and not really trusted by him, but earns their trust and uh, really does fall in with the doctor and and does not try and actually kill him anymore. So he's one of the few companions that could operate the TARDIS systems. Uh, Adric could do that a little bit too. And he left the doctor after just a few serials when he finds out that the warring the war at home is ended and he would actually be welcomed back and not tried to be killed so he does return to go home uh really i think it's two it's the serial before case of andrazani um he he finds that out and leaves so he meets uh perry who we'll talk about uh which is the fifth doctor's last companion in just a moment we'll talk about her first i want to talk about chameleon he's a a fringe companion arguably maybe not a companion but he was a shape-shifting android that had a short-lived time with the fifth doctor he was actually first introduced and used by the master to impersonate king john uh in order to kill the doctor but uh the doctor discovered the plot and reworked his systems and then for Chameleon so that he would not uh, try to uh, kill him. But Chameleon recognized he was susceptible to uh, strong-minded, strong-willed people and, and he could be used. So he, while he was invited by the doctor to join them on the travels, he wasn't really seen on many adventures and mostly stayed in his room for fear of being used for evil until he was taken over by the master again to be used against the doctor, which ends in Chameleon asking to be destroyed and then being destroyed. So interesting that they went and made this like, I think for the time, certainly really cool looking robot thing uh, that that wasn't just like, oh, that's a human in a rubber suit. Uh, it was actually kind of cool thing. And, and then only to be uh, really taken out of the show. Like, it just, that seems like a bit of a waste for me, but uh, such as it is, the, the TARDIS was kind of crowded already, so maybe that's why. All right. Let's get to Perpagillium Brown, or Perry, as she was known. She was the final companion with the Fifth Doctor. She's You're going to see her in Caves of Andrazani. She's only come in the serial before, like halfway through the serial before, and she joins uh, just as Turlow is leaving and Chameleon gets destroyed. And she is an American college student studying biology from California. She fall, gets gets in with the doctor. She's super excited to explore the universe. Uh, so, But the doctor at this point is very cool towards Perry. He's just lost all of his previous companions. And the doctor it gets really attached to his companions. Whereas the fourth doctor like barely acknowledged when a companion left. It was just sort of like toodaloo or, or cheerio, as a Brit might say. You know, it, it's that's that's it. You know, and I'm the doctor. I'm still going on. If you got to leave, you got to leave. And, and so he, you know, it, it never really seemed to bother him or affect him too much. The fifth doctor, it really like he wears his heart on his sleeve and he's he's he gets connected to his companions. So you you see that you'll see her asking a lot of questions. She's still figuring things out. And you'll see he's kind of sarcastic and cool to her. 
that's normal for the doctor. I mean, the doctor was downright mean sometimes to Adric. You know, Adric was like the little puppy dog tugging on his sleeve at times. And and he was just he it, it annoyed him and it showed. And, uh, you know, so the doctor does this a little bit naturally, even at his best of times. But uh, the doctor's at kind of a low point. At this time, and Caves of Androzani is supposed to be kind of a dark episode anyway, so he's he's playing to the feel of that episode. Uh, but so he's kind of cool to her. He's 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 a little he's sarcastic, a little standoffish. But this is partly you know he's he's going through a time. Uh, most people think that to, he's not letting the companion in, and so he's um, really wanting to. Uh, hold back more with his emotions and all. Uh, but she is very smart and very spirited and full of questions uh, with the new travels. And she comes really comes into her own after the Doctor regenerates and into the Sixth Doctor. The Sixth Doctor's kind of mean to her at the start also, but, you know, you could say that the Doctor's trying to figure himself out too. So, and the Sixth Doctor is a little, you know, he's different. Uh, he's not as, not really as loving. So, um, as as the fifth doctor or, or as uh, personable as the fifth doctor, you could say. So, all right, there's his companions. Let's get into just some general information so you got an idea of the fifth doctor. Uh, he's much less brash and showed more emotions than the other doctors. The second doctor was kind of similar in that way, but, you know, you've seen the first doctor who's haughty and uh, standoffish. Okay, he's definitely not like that. Second doctor, yeah, kind of similar to second doctor. Third doctor was sort of more into himself and James Bondish and and uh, I'm an island maybe kind of person, uh, except uh, maybe for a woman, you know, who wants to be sort of close with uh and then the fourth doctor was definitely more uh to him you know to himself as we talked about not not as close with the companions and and not as emotional you know hit his emotion more um but but very sure of himself very very uh definitely i i know what's what's right and i'm gonna do it this doctor less sure of himself more emotional more, much more as as we talked about news in the Whovian talked about rather uh, with with the ninth doctor much more like David Tennant and so he's um, again war is hard on his sleeve you saw his emotions he was very raw with his emotions and you could see he had a very uh, humane side to him he, he he really was there to help because he he loved to help and to to uh, be with people there. So uh, he was an accomplished cricketer. Uh, David Tennant was good at football or soccer. Uh, well, he was an accomplished cricketer, and you actually saw that in an episode. He got to play cricket, and his outfit was actually modeled after an Edwardian-era era cricket uniform. He loved science and exploration and mathematics, and they were trying to, at this time, I would say, get into the educational side uh, of of uh, Doctor Who and, and sharing some of that science and mathematics and logic and things like that with the audience. Uh, he's keen on fair play and good manners. He, uh, again, was very attached to his, to his companions, but there was no hint of really budding relationships there. Uh, and so, um, you know, that that's, a, again, that's a new Who thing, really. 
and so when when but when his companions left, it hit him. I mean, one way to really describe this is when the sonic screwdriver was destroyed during his time. Even that he looked sad when it happened and he said it was like losing an old friend. So, I mean, this was, you know, he, he was he was attached to the way things were and he didn't like things to change all that much. Uh, not that he had a hard time doing it and moving on, but he just, uh, he, he showed the emotions of that uh, that was happening. And so, and, and he was one of the few doctors who had to go through uh, the loss of a companion dying while traveling. Again, that was Adric. Uh, so, and, and he was, uh, sometimes dis- indecisive, uh, he would sometimes flip a coin to make decisions, uh, and some of his indecision, some of his indecision came from his strong sense of morality. Uh, he really wanted to do what was right and what was moral, and he was conflicted over situations that presented moral dilemmas, whereas other doctors, uh, through emotions or just through, hey, this is what's got to be done, would just charge ahead. He would waffle over those decisions, and in the end, he had to do uh, sometimes things that weren't uh, great, but he just, whatever he did, he wanted, weren't great for all, but because it needed to be done, you know, as we see with the doctor, those those moral dilemmas that he's got to go through. Um, but he he did them because uh, he felt it was the right thing to do, and he had to come to that decision. But don't let this indecisiveness fool you. He was he is one of the bravest of all the doctors, willing to rush into situations uh, to in order to save and to solve. Uh, and and really one of the most uh, just I mean maybe that's his youthfulness, but very brave uh, of of all the doctors. Uh, he left after just three seasons uh, because he didn't want to get pigeonholed into uh, into one role. He was already an accomplished actor, really the first accomplished actor to be hired on as the doctor, and he didn't want that to. Uh, he didn't want to just be Doctor Who again. You you see the fourth Doctor who had been there for so many seasons that people are like, okay, when the Doctor comes on, that's basically what he's going to do from now on. And he didn't want that to happen. Uh, he was the youngest Doctor uh, up to that point. In fact, when he was offered the role originally, he almost didn't take it because he felt he was too young to play it. And uh, there was always, I, I can't, Leave the Fifth Doctor without talking about, and we've talked about this before if you're familiar with the show, but the distinctive stalk of celery on his repel, uh, on his lapel. He picked this up in his very first serial in Castrovalva and uh, pinned it to his lapel. That came about because showrunner Jonathan Nathan Turner was the one who had the idea for the stalk of celery. He just said, uh, there needs to be something distinctive on your lapel. And he, he was saying, put a stalk of celery on there. And Davidson said, okay, I'll do it if you will explain why I wear it in the show. You know, there there has to be a reason for it. Well, you'll see in Caves of Andrazani, they finally, they waited till his last serial to finally explain why he wears the stalk of celery. And some even theorize, you know, when you hear him talk about it, that maybe that was just made up to kind of mess with Perry. Who knows? Uh, but I think maybe that's the reason. But, you know, it's it's kind of a silly one once you see the episode. Uh, and interestingly enough, throughout his time, as the fifth doctor, he picks up two stalks of celery. You see him pick up two different stalks of celery to pin to his th- to his lapel. 
both times they were in worlds that weren't real. They were artificial environments. Castrovalva was an entire uh, Matrix-induced, made-up world to try and trick and trap the doctor. And the other time was kind of a similar thing. So interestingly enough, they came from worlds that weren't real. So maybe that's why he could wear it on his lapel and it never seemed to wilt. All right, that's probably enough. I've droned on uh, for a little more than 20 minutes now for you. And uh, I think that'll give you a, a sense of the fifth doctor as you watch this and you can see him for yourself. So... Thank you to lots of uh, different pages, the BBC out there, to Wikipedia, to uh, um, TARDIS Wikia, and uh, to BritBox for uh, having the all the Classic Who episodes and watching and getting to know the Fifth Doctor. And thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for letting me share. And thank you for doing the Classic Who uh, Rewinds because it's fun for me to share uh, uh, a little more about the history of this show and, and help people who are new to it to uh, see get a sense of the background. So have fun watching the Caves of Androzani. This is considered one of the best of Classic Who, and I think you'll enjoy it. And I, I hope you do. I hope you enjoy it as much as many of many people have before you. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time.